Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer with you again on this uh, Friday here. Love to take your calls for the next hour or so. Really looking forward to it. We had a great program yesterday and just hoping to uh, continue that on into the weekend here. Uh, 303-690-3000. That was the number that uh, was just given to you. Give it to you one more time. Put it in your phone. Jot it down in a note. 303-690-3000 if you want to join me on the air. I, I'd love it if you would. Uh, that's really kind of the highlight of my day. Uh, you know, we had a, uh, a recorded radio program, Bible teaching program, uh, on the air for a long time. And, and uh, it was a, uh, uh, those programs are always so helpful. But, but my favorite was always and is uh, still live radio, just talking to people, hearing your questions, hearing uh, your ideas. And so I'm blessed to be able to be a part of this show from time to time. Uh, 303-690-3000. If you want to join me, if you'd like to text, uh, you can do so uh, at 720-336-0897. Give me a short one-sentence prayer request or question via text. I'll answer as many of those as I can and some of those uh, on the air as time permits. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. And uh, you can join us. In fact, I'd encourage you to join us Sundays at 9 or 1045 in the morning, uh, next opportunity to do so, just in a couple of days here uh, on Sunday, 9 or 1045. You can get directions, calvarychapelparker.com, calvarychapelparker.com. We're located in the heart of Parker, Parker Road and Main Street, so it's easy to get to. And if you're not in the Parker, Colorado area, just go to our website, utilize uh, many of the great free resources available to you there. Again, calvarychapelparker.com. Dot com. This weekend, actually, I will be at Calvary at Denver Calvary, uh, Denver Calvary Chapel. Uh, I'll be a guest speaker there, and so not too far from uh, from uh, my home church, but uh, have the privilege of being back out uh, at Denver Calvary again uh, Sunday morning at nine thirty is when their service is, and their website is Denver Calvary. Dot org if you would like to uh, join us if you're in kind of the uh, pretty much in the heart of Denver not quite downtown more uh, a little bit north of the Cherry Creek area there off of Colorado Boulevard 6th in Colorado really is uh, the closest cross streets to where they're at actually 4th in Colorado uh, if you're really familiar with the area uh, Sunday 9.30, I'll be there teaching uh, from the book of Psalms. I've been going through the book of Psalms with our church, and I'm going to be focusing in on the 23rd Psalm uh, on Sunday morning. But there's going to be great worship and Bible study uh, at our fellowship as well, children's ministry. And throughout the week, we've got children's ministry, youth ministry, our midweek service on Wednesday night at 7 p.m., uh, our Tuesday night prayer meeting at 7 p.m., 
We've got uh, ladies Bible study, young adults Bible study, an empty nesters group that's meeting. So there's a lot of things at Calvary Chapel Parker uh, we encourage you to take advantage of. And we encourage you to take advantage of this program. Appreciate all of you listening online, gracefm.com, and uh, uh, those listening up and down the front range, Colorado and Wyoming. And then, of course, all of our listeners in the south, uh, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee, and our northeastern listeners, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Welcome to all of you. Let's go to uh, Frank in Thornton, Colorado. Frank, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for joining me. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, my question is, um, I just went through a, uh, a uh, recent divorce situation. Okay. And um, my, uh, back, I'm backing up right now. Okay, and the question is, is that... Um, the um, the mother of our our minor child, who's now just turned eighteen, um, she was uh, reluctant to pay her court ordered um, support. Right. Um, being here in Colorado, the cost of living is quite um, extensive, and um, since I am disabled, um, I really do rely on her assistance with um, income to support our minor child. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, is she is. Uh, reluctant to pay. So I felt very conflicted when I, um, I love going to church. I work on my, um, relationship with, with God and Christ every day to, um, to try to do the best I can with, um, addressing issues. And today as I'm reading through the Bible, I read, um, whether it's my church guiding me along the route with their sermons or whatever. I, I do love the program, by the way. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great uh, service to the community. But um, I read Luke, and it conflicts with my with what to do. And in Luke, it says, you know, when it comes to forgiveness and understanding that um, you turn the cheek if someone you know, strikes you, turn the cheek if you somebody does you wrong, don't do back in return. Right. So, um I don't have conflict with that. What to do? I don't want to bring the legalization legalization situation in when trying to deal with uh, things in the right way. Right, right. So, um, so that's that. And I would ask for a prayer request for myself moving forward with my struggles mm-hmm. and my son, who is uh, in the process of trying to enter the Navy, and he's running into a few stumbling blocks with that. So, okay. to give a prayer request out for that, and maybe answer my question, I would greatly appreciate. Yeah, yeah. So, so definitely, when we wrap up, we'll make sure that we pray uh, for uh, for your son and and uh, for uh, you know his desire and and uh, to to join the navy. Um, but first, uh, as I understand your question, then so you know you are um, you're raising your child. Um, you your your ex wife has been ordered uh, to pay child support, but uh, by uh, probably as part of. Uh, the um, the divorce agreement I would guess or the custody agreement I would guess and mm-hmm. and um, and uh, but she's not paying that and so y- you know your your conflict or your question is really you know so where do I go from here is that is that accurate or yeah that that's pretty correct yes okay yeah so so you know uh, and, but it it also does sound like that that uh, you know from from where you're at that you're you're dependent upon that income as well, right? So yes, 
Yeah. Well, you know, I so when we look at the scripture, I mean, there there's two matters. There there's practically how you proceed, and then you know, you you also mentioned you know um, Luke chapter six, um, verse twenty nine. There, you know, where someone slaps you on a cheek, you turn the other cheek. If someone takes your coat, you know. Give them your shirt and so forth, um, and and there's a couple of issues here. There's 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 that, and then there's First Corinthians chapter six where you know it deals with the whole legal issue, but but Luke really is kind of dealing with the heart and and the way that we you know approach people who who wrong us. So let's take the first aspect. Obviously, you know um, when people when people wrong us, you know as believers, our goal is not to you know, we're not trying to find equity and, and, and we're not trying to, you know, so many people in the world get so caught up in, in, in finding and seeking justice. Um, but really we're just, uh, we're encouraged not to, to waste our time and get caught up, uh, in those things. And most importantly, to, to have a forgiving heart. So that's the, 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 the first matter, uh, in, in that regard. And only you can really know. And, and, and ultimately that's, that's, you know, between you and the Lord as to whether or not, you know, you your heart really is forgiving, whether or not there really is mercy in your heart, or or whether or not you're you're carrying any kind of bitterness, uh, or or whether or not you're properly dealing with that if it does present itself. Um, the second matter is is really kind of the legal issue, and you know do. Do you should you uh, have a right to to pursue legally? Um, I would say that that really at this point um, it's already been established legally. So if you were to go back to the court and and address this with the court, uh, what you would be doing is seeking for uh, the court to enforce what it has already established as part of your custody agreement for your child. Um, secondly, uh, when we look in in First Corinthians chapter six, what what the believers were unfortunately doing there was they were they were trying to get things resolved in a court that should have been handled in the church um now you know typically child custody and 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 those things um you know aren't really matters that we deal with today uh in the church and those are legal matters uh for uh, for our court system to establish and and to resolve so i don't believe that that you're out of bounds in 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 the original you know uh, custody agreement nor do i believe that you would be wrong scripturally if you're seeking to have the court uh enforce that original agreement but let me say this that you know uh if if you uh, feel as though the Lord is telling you, you know, I need to let that go, uh, or you feel a strong conviction that you need to let that go from the Lord, then, then I would encourage you to to do so. Uh, but I would say that that if you're simply wondering, you know, is the Bible prohibiting you from having a a, a custody agreement in force, a child support agreement in force? I would say no, the Bible is not doing that. You know. You know, a little conflicted, I do, yeah. because um, yeah. I'm like, uh, you know, I just don't, you know, every day, whether it's the radio broadcast or my church or just greeting people in, in passing, mm-hmm. I uh, am growing and growing and growing. I'm very blessed with the radio station and my church. But, you know, when I read Scripture, if it doesn't conflict you a little bit, like, oh, boy, what am I supposed to do? Because I'm not taking um, the Scriptures, you know, for their face value and for what God wants me to do. So that's why I lean on, 
advice, whether it's from my pastor or from you or yeah. from others, to kind of dial in my uh, my my uh, my thought yeah. patterns and my actions. And yeah. that's why I called to the station. And um, I don't want to take a lot more time, but if you could just give a prayer out for my son and my, myself moving forward in, yeah. in the Navy, that would be awesome. Let's do so right now, Frank. I appreciate that. Father, We, uh, I just lift up Frank to you, and I pray that you, Lord, that you would just speak to him, that you'd give him wisdom exactly how to navigate this situation, um, considering the, the passages that we've talked about in, in, in a way that would glorify you, that would bring honor to you, in a way uh, that would draw Frank closer uh, to you. Lord, I do pray for his uh, ex-wife. I don't know where she's at, but we pray for her salvation. If she doesn't know you, if she she does, I pray that you draw her close. I pray that, that he wouldn't have to do anything, that, that she would just uh, accept her responsibility to help uh, care uh, for their child. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you, you would just continue to be with him and give him peace. Uh, give him direction, Lord, and into in, in, in knowing how to to uh, pursue you and what you would have him to do. And Lord, I just thank you that his heart's for you, and that that it's very clear that as he speaks, that he just desires to uh, to do those things that please you. And so, Lord, I know that uh, that you're going to reveal yourself uh, in this situation to him, and exactly what that is. And I do lift up his son uh, to you as he's uh, seeking to go into the navy. Lord, I just pray that uh, if it's your desire that he he would uh, go that path, uh, Lord, that you would uh, help him despite any obstacles uh, to be able to navigate those and to move through them and to uh, serve his country. And I pray that you protect him and 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 use him and, and, and glorify yourself uh, as he does so. Lord, I just pray for this family that you'd be with them and that you'd bless them and strengthen them, that the joy of the Lord uh, would be their strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Yeah, you as well. Thanks for calling, Frank. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Jason Vanderveer with you on Calvary Live. Let's go to Bianca. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a while, (laughs) so it's good good to have you calling in. What's on your mind? Well, I have a prayer request at this time. It isn't quite an open door yet, but I might get an opportunity to help make phone calls to Jewish, some Jewish people here in the Denver metro area through a synagogue. Like I said, at this time, it's not certain if I'm going to get this volunteer opportunity or not, but I would like prayer for the Lord's will to be done, and if the door really does open, I'd just like prayer that these phone calls I make to check on people that maybe they'll turn into ministry opportunities. Absolutely. Well, let's let's pray uh, right now for that, uh, Bianca, and 
This sounds like a really neat opportunity. I'm excited. Uh, Father, we uh, do lift up your people. Uh, we lift up your people all around the world, and we know so many more of your people uh, live in places like the United States than actually live uh, in Israel. And so we're blessed to be able to have your people among us that we might be able to minister to them uh, right on, uh, in our own communities. And so, Lord, I just pray uh, for Bianca. I pray... <clears throat> If this is uh, an opportunity for her that you'd have her to serve in, that you would open the door. Uh, Lord, that you would use her, um, that you'd, you'd uh, cause her to be able to uh, uh, be allowed to, to serve in this way, that you would equip her um, to, to uh, be able to do so. And that um, as she's, she's checking in on, on uh, uh, some of uh, these uh, Jewish folks who live in the area and their welfare, Lord, that you would use that to be an opportunity to uh, speak of spiritual things and most importantly to talk of your son and salvation uh, in your son and the gospel message that Lord, you have a way of uh, of opening doors, and and Lord, we pray that you would even now, if you're going to open that door, that you even now be preparing those hearts that people would be saved, uh, and Lord, that that you would use Bianca and even others, Lord, that you would bring others who who have a similar heart to her uh, into these positions to be able to minister uh, and to share. And so, Lord, we we pray for your will be do, to be done, and and we know that uh, uh, that you are willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And Lord, you haven't turned your back on your people. So we know that we're praying according to your will. And we ask uh, for the salvation uh, of your people, Israel. Lord, we love you. Uh, and we thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. You betcha. Well, let us know uh, how it goes. When will you find out? I'm not sure right now. I guess they have to go through the committee of that synagogue because <laughs> I think they said that that you might have to be a member of that synagogue but but we don't know as of yet. I'm obviously not a member of course, but they sure. did say that they were open so we'll just wait and see. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. The Lord, uh, nothing is too hard. Uh, the Lord has his ways of putting his people where he wants them. So uh, God bless you, Bianca. Let us know. All right. Take care. <laughs> Folks, you're listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer with you, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Mike in Highlands Ranch. Mike, welcome to the program. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. How's your day going? Doing great. Thank you. Excellent. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question from Second Peter two, twenty through twenty-two. Yep. Um, in essentially, it says in twenty-one that it would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know and then reject it mm -hmm. or reject the command. Um, and so, my understanding is that in this passage, he's speaking to believers, and so I was just looking for an explanation of why it would be better to have never known than to have known and then kind of slipped away into sin, if that makes sense. Yeah, so so Peter's talking actually if you you the whole chapter two uh, or well the 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 from like verse 12 forward, he's, he's talking about avoiding false teachers. And so like in the first uh, part of that, like verses 12 through 17, he's talking about um, the unrighteousness of, of false teachers. And then 
uh, in verse 18 through 22 is kind of the section really that you're talking about. And, and he talks about uh, the false teacher's destructiveness, and he goes into all kinds of detail about the false teacher's destructiveness and, you know, what they promise, you know, that, you know, basically telling people they don't have to change, you know, you can be, you know, what you want and, you know, still have Jesus. And, and, and basically, you know, the idea is that, that uh, they promise freedom, but, but they cause bondage. Then we come to verse 20. I'll just go ahead and read these verses and then we can talk about them some more. He says, if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world uh, through the knowledge of the Lord uh, and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled in them and overcome, uh, and overcome, then the latter end is worse uh, for them than the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than have having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Uh, he says, but it has happened to them according uh, to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and, and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. And so, uh, you know, he, he basically is saying that it's worse to know the truth and to turn back from it to the world uh, to, you know, now have some semblance of the truth, but coupled, you know, or, or, or worldliness coupled with religion, you might say. And, and really, these are some of the most deceived and, and confused and, and, and difficult individuals uh, I have found to, to reach because they, they don't feel they need salvation. They think they already have salvation. They're, he, he's really talking about a, a, a person that's, that's inoculated uh, to the gospel and very hard people to to reach um he says it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness um because at least if they didn't know uh, there would be a greater chance um that hearing the gospel they they would receive it and then he goes on in verse 22 is actually quoting from uh from the book of proverbs in the 26th chapter in the 11th verse um uses this example of a pig and dogs and 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 so forth and so um basically what's interesting is is he talks about a dog that returns to his vomit a sow having washed to her her mire their nature was never changed um, and a dog's nature is never changed. They return to their vomit. The sow, though it washes, its nature isn't changed. It goes back to the mud. And so what the false teacher facilitates is, is, is all of this. No, no real change in, in nature directing people to true salvation in Jesus. And so they really enable people to make mere cosmetic uh, changes, if that makes sense. So, so what we're looking at here in these verses is, is the destructiveness of a false teacher because there are all kinds of people under under false teachers uh, that are under the illusion maybe that that they have uh, that they have changed uh, but the reality is 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 they have not they have uh, part of the truth but but uh, mixed with with false teaching and and worldliness they they have what what we see in a lot of religions today does that make sense yeah, I think so. So I think the main point I was missing, so would you argue that the people he's talking to are not truly saved? They have not accepted Jesus for salvation? I would, I would. But here's the trick. Sometimes it's difficult for us to tell 
right? You know, but sure. but but the Lord knows it's kind of like the wheat and the tares, right? You know, when the when the tares are growing up, they look exactly like wheat, and but you've got to let them grow up to a certain point, where then actually you can tell, no, this is a this is a weed, this isn't uh, uh, this isn't grain, and so a lot of times we're in that stage where you know they look very similar to believers, or or at least there isn't enough differentiation to know for sure is this a real believer that's just in a bad ministry you know in a bad church uh or is it somebody who is not really a believer and is and and is in large part such because of the type of teaching that they place themselves under but in the context of this passage yes we're we're looking at people whose nature hasn't changed they're they're the example of the dog and the sow is 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 evidence of that you know they're 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 they never really changed from that and so they return right back to where they started eventually okay that that makes total sense then i was under the impression that they were saved and i was like I mean, it's not, it's obviously not good to be saved and return, yeah. you know, and have no good works and return to the world. But I, I was arguing that that would be better. But if they're not saved, I, it makes a lot more sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That would be, you know, that would be my perspective. Uh, you know, on that passage. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, there there might be others. Um, I, I've hopefully, you know, we strive to kind of get the right interpretation, and that's where it becomes important to. You know, to to look at the greater context of the passage, you know, if you were just to look at those verses in isolation, um, you know, you might go in the wrong direction. But if you start backing up and say, well, what is Peter talking about? Well, he's talking about false teachers. He's talking about the destructiveness of, uh, uh, of false teachers, and he's talking about how they actually, you know— uh, cause people to to deceive themselves and 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 uh eventually you know those people uh end up going back to to where they started that's why um being faithful to the word of god and being in a good church and and being under good bible teaching is so important great uh, yeah i'll go back tonight and read through uh like you said i'll go back and try and capture the context better but yeah that answers my question thank you yeah, you bet. And uh, if you want, you can go uh, to uh, our website. I, I it's been a few years, uh, but I taught this passage last in in um, 2015, uh, and you can go to CalvaryChapelParker.com. And uh, I don't think we'll have video. I have to look on the website, but very least we'll have audio. Uh, it's a it's a message titled uh, "Avoiding False Teaching." Uh, from Second Peter two twelve through twenty two. Uh, so if you go to CalvaryChapelParker.com, just click on the Messages tab, click on Second Peter in the New Testament pull down, and click Series two, uh, and and then choose your passage there. You can you can listen to a full length message on on that passage. Oh, I'll definitely do that. Thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. And I I appreciate you calling and uh, and and God bless you, Mike. God bless you. Thank you. You betcha. Folks, 303-690-3000, all lines are open here uh, now that we've uh, had a chance to talk to Mike and uh, Bianca and uh, Frank as well. Got all our lines open, but we're coming up on a break uh, as well. Uh, short break. Uh, that's what I love about this. Pro- Another thing I love about this program too, short uh, breaks and we can get back uh, to uh, – 
to you and to your calls and your prayer requests. We're going to be doing more of that uh, after the break coming up. 303-690-3000. That is the... Uh, number to call if you want to join me on the program here. And if uh, you'd rather text, uh, we'll answer as many of those as we can, some even on the air. There's a different number, though, to text, uh, 720-336. 0897 7203360897 if you can give me a short uh one sentence a text of your prayer request or your question and uh we'll uh answer <clears throat> As I said, as many of those as were able. Appreciate all of you uh, tuning in to Grace FM here, uh, up and down the front range of Colorado, all our Truth FM listeners uh, in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee, and, of course, our Northeastern listeners, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. You are all welcome to call as well, 303-690-3000. You can also go to gracefm.com and listen or to donate uh, to uh, Grace FM uh, for the ongoing ministry uh, that happens here. We're always appreciative uh, of those who are able to partner with us uh, in the ministry here. I'm Jason Vandeveer, and I will be taking more of your calls. Now's a great time to call during the break. We can get you lined up uh, for the next uh, segment. Love to do that. And also, I'll shout, throw this out here too. Join me this weekend. Sunday, I'll be at Calvary Denver, or Denver Calvary, rather, 9.30 a.m. on Sunday, denvercalvary.org. Uh, we'll be right back, though, after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vandeveer with you here on Calvary Live. We've got uh, all our lines open. Now's a great time to call if you want to join me on the air, 303-690-3000, or to text 720-336-0897. And uh, I'll take one of these, some of these texts right now. One is, do we know how old any of the disciples were uh, during Jesus's life? Um, We we have uh, some, the, the Scripture doesn't say, it tells us how old Jesus was uh, when he began his ministry, uh, or we have some clues to that, not his exact age. Uh, but uh, uh, it doesn't tell us the age of the disciples, but there are some factors uh, in the Scriptures that would narrow in their age, and also there is uh, there are traditions concerning the different disciples and their death and so forth. Uh, what I mean by that is, is that so when Jesus calls his disciples, um, they're all really kind of in the uh, the prime uh, of their life for the most part, or most of them are, and, and in their careers, for example, uh, we see James and John uh, in in the middle of their career as, as fishermen, uh, Peter and uh, his brother uh, as fishermen as well, Matthew uh, having his career, being in his career as a tax collector, and so um, these would have been relatively young men when, when Jesus called them 
you know, with uh, with younger families and uh, wives and and children and and still strong enough uh, in these cases to do uh, physical jobs as well. Uh, church tradition holds that the oldest uh, living apostle to die uh, was the apostle John. We see, of course, uh, the apostle John. Uh, he is uh, the Emperor Domitian um, banishes him to the island of Patmos, which is where John wrote the uh, the the book of Revelation. This was later in life for John, around ninety or so. Uh, church tradition uh, has John as the pastor of the the church in Ephesus. Ultimately, uh, has him being released eventually from the island of Patmos with a change in. Um, uh, in, in uh, administration in the Roman Empire and dying at around a hundred years old uh, in Ephesus, and then you know we can see some other church traditions uh, with with the other disciples and some indicators about their ages in uh, books like Fox's Book of Martyrs and uh, and other uh, documents uh, that that uh, uh, relay to us uh, the traditions of the church, but strictly from scripture uh, we don't we have to rely on other sources and to the degree that we can be confident in those other sources as to the age uh, uh, of these disciples but a lot of these disciples uh, martyred you know uh, younger or um, uh, or as as was the case with with James the brother of John the 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 first one uh, to be uh, martyred there of the uh, of of the apostles uh, very early on and then John living of course his brother uh, living of course the longest that's kind of interesting bookends within uh, one family but but we don't know exactly their ages so hope that helps uh, you out a little bit it's an interesting question and uh, and and I uh, find it uh, rather uh, fascinating to to look at the lives uh, of the apostles. Here's another text question, and I'd love to have you join me on the air as well. Uh, uh, we'll answer some text questions here, but if you want to join me on the program, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. If you want to join me on the air, Jason Vanderveer here with you on Calvary Live. This question says, is it possible to cast out demons uh, by speaking in tongues? Uh, my uncle... Ten uh, uh, attends a, a church that encourages everyone to cast out demons by speaking in tongues. Uh, I would say find another church. Uh, that's not really something that we see that we're encouraged to do uh, in in Scripture. The 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 primary use of the gift of tongues is 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 not. The casting out of demons, but uh, but is typically uh, the the worship of God or or to prophesy, uh, as we see in First Corinthians, uh, their uh, chapter twelve and, and and also elsewhere in the book of First Corinthians. So so you know uh, we never see Jesus casting out demons that way. We never see the disciples uh, uh, working in that way, or the apostle Paul or anyone else, uh, but just clearly uh, casting those demons out. Uh, of course, I think there's a, a, another issue there and just the overall fixation uh, on demons and demonology and, and, and so forth, which is, which is a bit problematic as well. So I hope that helps out uh, with, with that uh, uh, question as well. And, uh, and, and, uh, but uh, yeah, 
tongues doesn't uh we don't ever see that in the scripture and and the scripture uh is is uh, our rule and our standard here's another text uh prayer requests um prayer this uh listener is looking for prayer um for a, a job, uh, they're a believer, and, and it sounds like uh, uh, this is a job, uh, uh, babysitting and uh, childcare, and uh, they're trying to get hired uh, uh, through a daycare, uh, or I don't know if it's a daycare facility or or what, but uh, they can't seem to to um, to get their foot in the door and get uh, some experience. So we want to list lift this listener up, uh, Father. <clears throat> We do pray uh, uh, if if this is the career path that you, you'd have at uh, this time, uh, Lord, for this person, we just pray that you would indeed open the door. Uh, Lord, we know that uh, if this is what you desire, Lord, that, <coughs> excuse me, that it doesn't matter how much experience, uh, Lord, that that, uh, that you can use them. So, Lord, we just pray uh, that you... If this is the uh, the field that you would have them in, that you would open this door, uh, that you would gift them and give them the skills and the abilities and the patience, uh, Lord, and that you would give them the opportunity to serve and to work and to serve you in this way. And so, Lord, uh, we, we pray for your will to be done. And if this isn't, uh, Lord, that you, you would show them exactly what you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, several actually uh, prayer requests today uh, for uh, direction in certain jobs and always good to uh, to seek the Lord and, and he's going to put desires on your heart, but it's always good to make sure uh, that, uh, that those desires are, are actually of him and, and to ask him to open the door. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Phil in Aurora. Phil, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, um, I, I sent in a text about um, the age of the disciples. Oh, uh, great! I was basically kind of yeah, I was just basically kind of wondering if they were like in high school or something. I'd heard that at one point, and sometimes it seems like maybe they were because of the mom <laughs> coming to ask, "Will you sit, have them sit at the right or left hand?" You know, and and that yeah. kind of thing. And uh, but anyway, I was, the reason I was kind of asking was because uh, I've heard people say that youth ministry isn't found in the Bible, and so it's not really valid, and it, like, usurps uh, father's role to disciple their kids, and so we should get rid of all youth ministers, and and I just, I don't know, I just kind of was, I don't know, yeah. wanted to ask that question. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate your original text, and I also appreciate you, you giving us a call here and giving us a chance to talk about it a little bit further, Phil. Yeah, you know, first of all, um, I, I would say that, that uh <laughs> Uh, your observations actually um, it, it, it is funny in a way because sometimes, you know, early on the way that the disciples behaved, um, it makes you wonder, you know, how old they they really were because they do behave like children. Unfortunately, um, you know, they were adults, albeit uh, younger men uh, at, at at that point in time when Jesus was was ministering to them. Uh, you know, having wives uh, as we see in some cases and 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 things of that nature and so so they were younger men but but I think a really good uh, example if you want to discuss you know youth ministry uh, would would be uh, uh, like Timothy and Timothy was a teenager uh, in, in the beginning you know maybe 16 
16, 17 years old uh, when when he comes to Christ through the Apostle Paul and becomes, you know, Paul's protege. And, and I like what Paul tells him in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. That's why he tells him, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith in, in, in purity. I, I, I think that this idea that, that, you know, well, youth ministry isn't in the Bible, uh, and first of all, is a fallacy. Uh, and and number two, then to say, well, you know, we, we shouldn't be doing it that way. There's always people out there that are going to come along and say, you know, you shouldn't do it this way. You should do it this way. And and the issue is, is that it, we see children's ministry. We see youth ministry uh, throughout the Bible. Um, we don't necessarily see it in the same uh form that we see it today but then so many things have have evolved culturally but they haven't evolved philosophically and in other words, uh, we're to be ministering to people of all ages. We're, we're to be ministering to, uh, to the, the, the children. Jesus said, let the children uh, come unto me, for of such is the kingdom uh, of God. And so, uh, but also we see that we're encouraged to, to be ministering to, to the older saints and to uh, uh, those that, that have been widowed uh, or, um, you know, those that, that are more in, in, in retirement age as well as we see uh, in the epistles. So we're to minister to people as uh, regardless uh, uh, of what age uh, that they are. And, and, and I think that, that uh, ministering uh, on a person's level is, is wise. In other words, um, <clears throat> we don't teach uh, the young children in our church uh, the same way that, that we teach the adults. They have a little bit different attention span, the uh, examples that that we use and and you know crafts and other things that we use with them to kind of get a message across is is just wise because the goal at the end of the day is to communicate the gospel and to teach them the word of God but we still teach them the word of God we take our children's ministry through the Bible they've been through the Bible several times uh, we take our youth ministry uh, our, our our kids through the Bible and they uh, have been through the Bible and of course we take the adults through the Bible um, so you know if someone says, hey, I don't want to have a youth ministry, I want the kids to come into the main service, if, if that's what the Lord's called them to do, then, then they should do that. If another church says, no, we want to have you know, a youth ministry and a children's ministry, then, then that's what they should do. And uh, they should have uh, you know, no qualms about doing that because um, the Bible uh, doesn't speak against that. And, uh, and, and we should be wise in, in, in terms of how we minister to people, especially in things that aren't prohibited. Okay. Well, thank you very much. That was, that was very helpful, especially the part about Timothy and, and all. Yeah. And yeah, things. exactly. I, I'm always leery, Phil, you know, when people say, well, you know, you, you shouldn't do this. You know, this isn't in the Bible. Well, I would say, sh you know, let's look in the Bible. If there's something in the Bible that says I shouldn't do that, then yes, I shouldn't do that. You know, in other words, if if, if there's a, 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 a an idea from the that I can get from the scripture, not even just a specific verse, but an idea that I can get from the scripture that that's a wrong approach, then I shouldn't do that. Uh, but if not, and 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 the Lord calls me to do that, and the Lord blesses it, and it's actually consistent with scripture, then I should do it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. God bless you, my friend. Take care. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Let's go to Joe in New Jersey. Joe, welcome to the program. Ah, thank you very much for taking my call, Pastor. How you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks for for waiting. And and what's on your mind? Um, it's I listen to your show all the time, and um, 
I'm not sure which pastor it was, but they, they say that, the, you know, the rapture is going to occur before the Antichrist comes, and um, so we wouldn't get to see him. But then I was reading in Second Thessalonians 2, um, the third verse, and it was mm-hmm. saying, you know, that, um, that that day would not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So that, I'm kind of thinking like um, he wouldn't come, Jesus wouldn't come back with the rapture until the Antichrist is revealed. So that would be opposite of what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. Do you so understand what I'm saying? I, I understand exactly what you're saying. Let me let me see yeah. if I can, um, let me see if I can clear it up a little bit for you, uh, hopefully, uh, Joe. So so in fir- the end of, let, let's back up a little bit. The end of First Thessalonians, obviously we see the rapture of the church. Um, then we get into to into Second Thessalonians, and there was a concern on the part. Let's talk a little bit about the background. There was a concern on the part of the Thessalonian believers um, that that they were suffering because they were in the day of the Lord. In other words, they they thought that they might be in the great tribulation. Uh, there were possible rumors that were circulating. Um, some were even saying that Paul was actually teaching this. Um, so Paul wrote 1 Thessalonians to offer comfort concerning the rapture, but he writes 2 Thessalonians to offer comfort concerning the timing of the rapture prior to the tribulation. So in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians, he dealt with their their suffering, uh, and he focused in on the second coming of Christ after the tribulation, different from the rapture. Chapter 2 focuses in on the, the timing of the rapture then and the beginning of the great tribulation. The key phrase is the day of the Lord. In the first 12 verses of chapter 2, talk about the beginning of the day of the Lord. Well, the day of the Lord is, is a, is a period of really, uh, if you look in prophecy, it's a period of 1,007 years. Um, So the day of the Lord is inaugurated by the rapture of the church, uh, but then it extends through the seven-year tribulation. In fact, it, it, it goes all the way through the millennial reign of Christ and ultimately culminates uh, in the final judgment and the great white throne judgment. So it's important to understand uh, what the day of the Lord is. And typically in Scripture, when we're talking about positive aspects of the day of the Lord, um, namely the rapture, a lot of times a different term will be used and it'll be the day of Christ. And so in verse 1, he says, now brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. So, hey, I talked to you about the rapture and I know you have some questions. He says, I don't want you to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us i.e. these rumors, as though the day of Christ had come. In other words, I don't want you to think that the rapture uh, has already taken place and that you're in the great tribulation period. He's saying, don't let anyone deceive you, for that day will not come. In other words, the, the, the great tribulation period is not, and, and all the judgment after that, even the remainder of the day of the Lord, unless the falling away comes first. And so there's going to be this apostasy, and the man of sin, the son of perdition, is revealed. And so what he says is two things have to happen in between the rapture of the church 
and the beginning of the last half of the tribulation. And so two things are going to happen in the first three and a half years of the great tribulation period uh, before the, the, the real tribulation begins in the last half. There's going to be a great falling away. Uh, Jesus said this in Matthew 24, verse 12, that the love of many uh, would grow cold. And Paul also describes this in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4 as well in verse 1 and also in 2 Timothy. And, and Jesus spoke of sorrow and birth pains and contractions that would increase with, with uh, uh, severity and so forth. And these would all culminate after the rapture of the church. And so then he talks about, you know, the, the unveiling, I guess, or, or the, uh, the coming to light and, and uh, of the, the Antichrist. And, and in verse 4, he talks uh, about how he'll exalt himself and so forth. So, so what, he, and he also talks about the restrainer in verse 6, uh, which we would say is the Holy Spirit working through uh, the church. And so uh, he says, but, verse 7, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. So in other words, these things are 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 building and 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 uh, ultimately at some point the Antichrist is ultimately going to be on the scene, uh, but he's not going to be revealed until after uh, the church is taken out of the way and uh, then the Antichrist is going to be revealed. So so the argument that I believe that Paul is making in Second Thessalonians two uh, to the Thessalonian believers is you haven't missed the rapture and you're not in the great tribulation period because because there's been no great falling away and the Antichrist hasn't been revealed. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. It totally, it clears totally up now. I was, because I'm just getting involved in, and really studying the Bible and, and, you know, trying to, trying to understand it. You know, it's, um, yeah. it gets a little difficult sometimes with the wording and things like that. I have a mm-hmm. number of different translations and yeah, I'm trying, trying to get it. And I'm, I'm getting it. That totally clears it up now because, yeah, and I don't really want to know the guy, so I'm, <laughs> I'll I'll be with you up in heaven at that time. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 uh, you know um, we have this this promise that uh, as it also says in Thessalonians that God has not appointed us to wrath, and and yeah. whether we look at uh, Lot, whether we look at Noah, um, you know, we see that 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 the purpose of the tribulation period is the outpouring of God's wrath. And mm-hmm. uh, so that, that's, that's not for believers. And so the Lord is going to come. We're going to meet him in the air, as Paul says. And, and then these things are going to begin to, uh, to unfold. Uh, and, and God's plan is ultimately going to, to begin to, to uh, reach its, its culmination, uh, shall we God say. We won't be there. Yeah, you know, and uh, that's that's the one of the the powerful things in that why God I believe has revealed these things to us not as simply for uh, curiosity's sake, but so that we would be prepared, and so that we can make sure that others are prepared. And so it matters what you believe. Yeah, you know, well, ideas I, have I consequences. I want to know what I'm telling other people. You know, yep. when I when I try to save them, <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to be with me. Come on, you know, and I want I don't want to say the wrong things. 
Yeah. Hey, can I recommend a, a, a resource to you? You mentioned that you're, you're, you know, getting involved now in studying. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I would recommend, you know, a, a good place to start is with a, a, a single volume commentary. And uh, okay. uh, what that's going to do for you is uh, it's going to allow you to uh, then, as you're studying the scriptures, as you have some of these questions, to go and to begin uh, studying some of these things. And, and, and uh, you know, in, in one place, and I I would recommend uh, the Believer's Bible Commentary. It's a, you can start out with a single volume. I mean, there's commentaries that are, you know, 18, 20 volumes. I, I own a few of them. I'm blessed to own some of those. Okay. Uh, but the one I use the most is still a single volume, the first commentary I ever purchased. Actually, it was given to me as a gift when I was uh, a young pastor. And it's the Believer's Bible Commentary. The Believer's wow. Bible Commentary by I William McDonald. And you can William find McDonald. it. Yeah, you can find it. Uh, you can get electronic versions of it if you if you like it, electronic books. I I'd probably recommend I like just the paperbacks. I like to actually good, flip through. Yeah, get a good old yeah. fashioned hard copy of it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the Believer's Bible Commentary, uh, William McDonald, um, by far still after uh, after decades now, my favorite my favorite commentary i i like many other commentaries as well but uh, but i would recommend that for you and then what you can Perfect. do is when you're studying a passage um by all means you're always welcome to call and to ask and i'd love to talk to you about it but also if you don't want to wait you can just open up and and say well you know what does what uh william mcdonald who was was an outstanding bible teacher what does he say about about this uh and oh, uh and and i think that'll be really helpful for you Good, yeah, because I don't want to waste your time with uh, stupid questions, but the only well, stupid question is the one I don't ask. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen, listen, uh, you, no one has ever wasted my time on, on, on this program, including yourself, and uh, uh, love to, I, I, I love uh, your questions, and I love talk about in, talking about these things, and uh, awesome. anytime you want to call, uh, I'm happy to, uh, to talk with you about any, any subject uh, you, you, you want to discuss. Discuss, uh, but at the same time, uh, I think that that you'll find uh, that resource helpful as well. I appreciate your time. Thank you so yep. much, Pastor, and God bless you. God bless you, Joe. Thanks for calling in. So three zero three six nine zero three thousand. If you want to call in, we've got just a few minutes left in the program. About five minutes or so left in the program, but you know, plenty of time. If you want to pick up the phone and and join me on the program, I'd love to have you you do so. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number 303-690-3000 is the number if you want to call us on the air and uh we have a text question here someone who uh has tried to understand uh john chapter 3 uh verse 5 and uh, let me go ahead and uh and get over to john chapter 3 uh verse 5 and see if we can't uh, explain that uh to you but uh uh pulling up my uh john chapter 3 verse 5 i'm a little slow here uh as well but it's a question regarding 
uh, most assuredly, I, I say to you, unless uh, one is born of water and spirit, I was thinking that was what it was, but I thought I better make sure before I just answer. Uh, usually when I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty wrong. Uh, but uh, John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus talks about being born of water and, and, and spirit. My perspective uh, on this, there's there's a few different ideas about this, by the way, and 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 there's some different differing ideas that are good ideas. Um, I would suggest to you in this passage, what Jesus is talking about is having a, a, a spiritual birth in addition to a, 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 a physical birth. Of course, this is the passage where Nicodemus uh, comes to to Jesus and and he he says, uh, um, you know. Uh, Nicodemus comes to him. He comes to him by night. He says, "I know you're a teacher that comes from God." And then he says, "How can a uh, 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 well?" He let's see, verse two came to Jesus by night. Rabbi, we know they're teacher from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus answered and said, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God." So Jesus just gets right to his what he was interested in. You know how how do you how do you see the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, unless you're born of water and of spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The next, the key is really in the next verse, verse six, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And, and Nicodemus uh, answered and said, how can these things, you know, be? And Jesus says, are you the teacher of Israel? You know, you, you, you don't understand these things. Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify what we've seen and you do not receive our witness. And so then he goes on uh, to explain uh, a, a, a little bit further or to discuss it a little bit further. Uh, but what is interesting, as I said, is verse 6 there, where he says, that which is born of flesh. When Jesus is talking about being born of water, I believe that he's talking about a natural birth and when he says that which is born of the spirit is spirit so unless one is born of the water and spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god in other words i believe what jesus is trying to say is you have to have not only a physical birth but you have to have a spiritual birth you have to be born again to see the kingdom of god it's not enough to just be born in the flesh you have to be born in the spirit so water a reference to the natural uh birth and of course uh, i probably don't need to explain uh the the water association and amniotic fluid and, and things of that nature but i believe that that's what jesus was uh was saying there let's go to kelly really quick we have just a uh a few seconds uh, or mi a minute or so left in the program kelly uh welcome to the program i have just about 30 seconds uh if you can ex explain your question or your prayer request and then we can do our best to answer it. Sorry for the short timing. No, no, I'm sorry. And I called in super late into the show, and so you may not, <coughs> so sorry, be able oh, to answer. Um, I'm just, I'm essentially newer to, I mean, I was raised Christian my whole life, but I'm newer to the faith, and I've been reading the Bible more and mm -hmm. newly attending church with my husband, uh -huh. and I pray more, but it just seems like things are really quiet from God, and I'm don't, I don't think that he's not yep. listening, well, but let I me guess answer I'm just, yeah. yeah, let me answer really quick because we're getting down to about 30 seconds here and I'll answer as best I can in, in, in the short time we have left. But my encouragement to you is is that, yeah, sometimes things are quiet. Uh, sometimes we feel as though we're, we're not hearing from the Lord, but that's okay. Um, just know that he's there. Know that he's listening. Keep praying and keep seeking and keep talking to him. And and you'll go through different times. You'll times when you feel like the Lord is answering and times uh, when you don't. So I just want to encourage you with that. And uh, all you folks, 
Talks. I want to say thanks for listening. God bless you and good night. Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.